Bones and All is an art house cannibal romance film with surprisingly nasty moments of gore. We'd recommend against eating your chicken tenders with this one, but hopefully you want to come on the bloody road trip all the same. Welcome everyone, this is Screams After Midnight, I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tim. Hey, uh, I know we're recording a little late, but uh, I hope you don't mind if I just uh, finish up a little bit of uh, my dinner, if that's alright. I just have this <laughs> to... <laughs> uh, for the audio listeners, he's holding up a dog bone thing. That's clearly one of his dog's toys. Uh, did, did you intentionally bring that to the desk with you, Tim, for this joke? Of course. Okay. I've <laughs> you should see me there. five minutes. Like that's why I was a little late getting to uh, the record session. I was digging through the dog toy bin, and my wife was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "A <laughs> podcast, obviously." <laughs> Keep up with the program. Yeah. Come on now. But yeah, so this is a. She just sipped her wine and stared. <laughs> Questioning her life choices and what she's done with it. Yeah, so welcome everyone. This is a horror movie podcast. We are, of course, celebrating October. It is the Octoberthon. We do a bunch of extra episodes throughout the month. And today we're looking at a film that came out late last year uh, that looked interesting and we never got around to. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at Bones and All, uh, which is directed by Luca Guadagnino. I might be butchering that pronunciation, uh, who directed Call Me By Your Name, which doesn't necessarily... <laughs> Very good. Which doesn't necessarily make you think horror oh, wait, movie. Wait, no, I call you by my name. Well, that's a confusing title. I don't... Wait, I'm calling you by my name? We're stuck on this, are we? <laughs> uh, but he did also do the Suspiria remake, which is a bit more relevant to, mm. uh, you know... How so? <laughs> Well, it's a horror movie. Good. <laughs> Just testing you. <laughs> we did it on the show time. You should remember this. <laughs> you must remember this. <laughs> remember me by your name. Yes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> We're going to get it. We'll start spoiler free, of course, as we always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw the trailer for this, actually, when I went to see Terrifier 2 last year. It was when, the, when I mm-hmm. first saw a trailer for this. And thought it looked quite interesting. It, it stuck out oh. as not looking like a, a typical you know, modern movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I was intrigued. It was clearly about cannibalism. Uh, it's kind of a young coming-of-age romance uh, with two cannibals. <laughs> that's that's the basic premise. That's what I've got for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, See, you, did you know much about this before you uh, got to No. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much knew the same thing. Like, I'd seen the trailer. Uh, I heard, I think, maybe at some point after the trailer, I heard, like, some people... <clears throat> uh giving it like good buzz and stuff um but the funny thing is when i saw the trailer i actually wasn't like very excited because i um it, i think if i had realized who the director was at first i would realize that you know this would be something with more meat on its bone you know pun intended but uh originally i kind of thought that i was like oh no is this gonna be like twilight for cannibals like because <laughs> you know it, it seemed like really like playing up the romance angle and stuff so like i was a little weary at first but then yeah, I, th- I think after hearing the more positive stuff and who the director was, then I was kind of like, oh, wait, no, this might actually be uh, something worth doing. Well, I get the thought. 
and concern. Um, I think the trailer to me just always looked like an art house movie, so it never even mm-hmm. crossed my mind to compare it sure, to Twilight. Yeah. Even though I, I get why on paper you would, if you just sort of said what the premise is, like I just did, mm-hmm. like why you <laughs> may compare it. But uh, it, it's definitely a director's movie, and we'll mm-hmm. get into what that means as we as we talk about it. But uh, so yeah, uh, I mean, I guess you know we'll just we'll we'll hit our basic thoughts and then we'll, we'll get into the uh the cast that are here and everything else so tim mm-hmm. what did you think of bones and all uh before we start i'm trying to think there's like a video game where you throw bones at people right what is it do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i mean there's probably a few video games where you do that there's at least one character in vampire survivors where you throw a bone at people that is true, um, yeah, so that is, that is correct. I'm trying I, f- to... I feel like you're thinking of, like, an old Castlevania-era game, though. Yeah, like, I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, like NES, SNES, uh, I will never say SNES, uh, uh, error <laughs> kind of game. Um, geez, what, what was it? I don't know, maybe someone can uh, hit us up in the comments if you know, but I'm, like, specifically remembering, like, you're playing as uh, some type of character, and they throw bones. Some type of character? <laughs> so specific. <laughs> that, 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 that narrows it down greatly for the audience, Tim. I can't believe you have paused the conversation for, for this. You want to know what's really funny is, even though <laughs> I brought the dog bone out, my cat seems to like it, too. Ah. The the cat's probably just thinking, ah, oh, that that idiot creature <laughs> it gets enjoyment from this thing. I don't understand. I simply just do not get it. Inferior species, stupid dog. That's, that's what he's thinking. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess we'll talk about the movie. Um, That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I I liked it. It's um it's definitely like a slow burn uh you know movie but i feel like you know the director is uh very good at what they do and you know the characters were uh you know pretty interesting and compelling obviously like they're very i I wasn't really familiar with the 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 main actress but she did a great job um timothy chalamet uh, i don't am i wrong in thinking that there's something about him that like as a person in real life he seems annoying like He's a good actor. <laughs> like he's a good actor, but he seems like he's annoying in real life. Am I? Am I off base I, about that? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what he's like in real life. Uh, I don't think I've heard anything scandalous about him. But I mean, it's not even like you know, like scandalous. It just seems like he'd be annoying to. Like he seems like too actory. You know what I mean? Like if someone is like that young and that good, then you know they're probably like annoying and just want to talk about acting all the time. Uh, but I mean, whatever. Not... Yeah. By the way, the main actress in this has been in two different movies that we've done on this show. Really? Uh, and also was in the Lost in Space TV show, which I don't know if you saw that, but I'll just I nah, mention I'll mention that for the for the audience. Okay. Yeah, she was the main character in both Escape Room movies, and oh. <laughs> she and she was in Down a Dark Hall, which I don't blame you for not remembering that movie. Jeez. <laughs> right. Can I actually, can I, see if I asked you, mm-hmm. Tim, can you tell me who the does does one like famous actor in Down a Dark Hall? Could you tell me who it is from memory? Okay, I'm imagining someone in a hall. <laughs> yeah. Pretty very, dark. Very good. Very good. Um, it wasn't Ray Liotta, was it? <laughs> no, it was definitely not Ray Liotta. All right. 
I'm gonna rest in you know peace and everything. But I, I don't <laughs> I don't know who was it then. Uh, it was Uma Thurman. Oh, the uh, the queen of killing bills herself. <laughs> yes, yeah, Uma. Her we love Uma on the show. Great, good for her. Um, hopefully, she'll be in the sequel. But uh, yeah, so you know, the, <laughs> it's got top-notch performances, uh, which I always like to look for in a movie. And um, uh, I I really liked the like you know I, I think it's a very like a uh, you know very uh, good looking movie uh, obviously the director yeah has a, a knack for cinematography I really like the I I feel like they're exploring like a lot of locations but don't really see like you know and you know the, these types of movies like they're going through like these kind of like like a like smaller more rural kind of like I don't want to say poor but you know they you seem like less you know like economically stable uh like houses and areas like kind of like along the south and stuff and like um i don't know like it was interesting like seeing some of these places and um well i don't think it was the south it was more upper midwest because it was like i'm pretty sure we started in because it keeps telling you what state they're in and it starts in like virginia and they end up in minnesota and they go through ohio uh, i could forget like some of the stuff but like, I, th I thought they did like uh, like Kentucky or Louisiana or something, or maybe I'm misremembering, but um, I don't remember I, those, but I mean, maybe you're right, but I, I definitely remember like Minnesota, which is obviously <laughs> that, yeah, like that, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> like farther up west or whatever. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, regardless, I guess, like, doesn't really, like, you know, wherever it is, it's, it's exploring more of the, you know, kind of... It's not New York like and Los Angeles, is, is what Tim's yeah, trying to say. Yeah, and it's say. not, like, you know, upper crust, like, rich suburbs, uh, you know, that we see a lot, like, in the horror movies or whatever. So, uh, I thought that was interesting and nice, and I liked it. And, um, yeah, the, you know, if I'm going to have a complaint, you know... <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to harp on too much because obviously there's yeah you know, different types of movies. So, like not everything needs to be like, you know, a, a kill every thirty seconds or whatever. But I mean, maybe I would appreciate a little bit more horror in it. Like, um, I, I get that's not the, the story they're trying to tell. Like, you know, this isn't <laughs> trying to be terrifier esque or whatever. Um, so I mean, I, I get that, but I don't know. Like, uh, I, I I did like the horror sequences when they are there. Like, I I appreciate the way uh, they were done, uh, especially like I think kind of. Um, when you meet this, you know, some of these people that are like the antagonists or whatever, like, uh, I think they do a really good job of just making them feel very creepy and unsettling. Um, but I mean, obviously there's a lot of other stuff they want to explore that, you know, it's not the most horror-y horror movie, which uh, is totally fine. But um, yeah, I mean, other, other than that, then no, I think it's a, I think it's quite a good little film. Mm. Yeah, I, I quite like that as well. I, I think mm. it's probably the biggest thing going against it is that raw exists and it kind of sure yeah. has a lot of similarities with that in some ways uh yeah, that's a good point yeah the idea of what the cannibalism is kind of a metaphor <laughs> for uh things like that but um i will say i immediately as soon as this movie started i thought oh this looks nice because it's shot on film <laughs> right yeah, and yeah the direction is very confident it's, you know, it's a very steady hand behind the camera <laughs> but the fact that it's shot in film and it does this thing where it's like, I don't think it ever actually says what year it is, but it's definitely a period yeah. piece. I, I was assuming, like, earlier, mid-90s, but yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, I was, th I was thinking 80s or maybe even late 70s at a push, to be honest, but I mean, I don't know. Sure, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it looks authentic of a time period without ever telling <laughs> me what that time period is. You know, it mm -hmm. made me think of House of the Devil, 
yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, even like yeah the, the, this director's remake of Suspiria kind of had that look to it as well but mm-hmm. um, it's just it looks so different from most modern kind of shot digitally movies that I just mm-hmm. really appreciated that so from the first second I was kind of into it just on the visuals alone and then I do think the lead actors are all very good. I think they've got chemistry. I think the 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 horror stuff when it does pop up, you know, is good good effects because we're talking makeup effects here. We're talking <clears throat> prosthetics. We're talking that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gruesome. And I think because it is so limited, it makes it when it does happen feel more like dark. Like you know, it feels like oh, a sure. bigger deal. Yeah. I think the reason why the antagonist, as you put it, feels so tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're around is because the movie's kind of lacking that the rest of the time a lot because a lot point, of, yeah. a lot of the middle of the movie is you know this romance road trip and mm-hmm. you know like i think the first half hour or so has a lot of the horror stuff in it because it's introducing the concepts and it's introducing this desire to eat meat or eat well say meat eat human mm-hmm. meat <laughs> specifically <laughs> um and then you know as the movie goes on it becomes kind of the romance and then but that looming threat of the other thing is kind of there and but it it's definitely a horror drama if that makes any sense yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's <laughs> a drama that takes place in a slightly off world with a really dark element to it which finally mm-hmm. enough, i think also is very comparable to raw because when we watch raw i think we would have also said during that that it was kind of a coming of age drama first that yeah, has yeah. this horror element in it and i think that movie kind of was maybe more balanced and then it kind of kept going it kept going back to the cannibalism and it was kind of it got really gross at a couple of points <laughs> uh this movie the first time you see something is really gross i would say after that mm-hmm. it's a bit more reserved like you always get the impression mm-hmm. of something really nasty but you never see too much of it uh I yeah, I really appreciate that first scene because it is there is almost like a, a casualness to the way that like you know she just starts like I mean you know it, it's like the first five minutes of the movie or whatever so it's not much of a spoiler but like you know the way she just starts like eating her friend's finger it's just so like you know the camera is just staying there and it just feels like you know this would be the same as like I don't know, just watching someone you know get like give someone like a high five or something like you know like. <laughs> You know, like where other movies where maybe they might want to do something flashy and have like, you know, quick cuts or close ups or like a bunch of like blood and stuff squirting everywhere. Like, I like just the almost weird calmness to it. And I feel like even like when she starts doing it, like it takes her friend a second to kind of be like, what is going on here? Like, uh, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they say the camera just staying back and letting it play out. That happens a lot mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, and but there's times where it is a little bit flashy. There's a there's a scene after Timothy Chalamet's character Lee is introduced where he, they go back to like an apartment and he puts on some music and he dances around the room and the camera just does this three sixty following mm-hmm. him around the room and it has this like sense of energy to it that feels like the movie's not had up until this point and I think it's I think the, it's designed that way to make it feel like her world's been quite static and alone. And as soon as he enters the movie, there's this energy to it. So I think there's a lot of really direct choices in how it's been filmed. I think the cinematography is really on point, and it feels like every decision's got some weight behind it, which is mm-hmm. just just that because it, it lets you enjoy a lot of the smaller scenes that otherwise would just be seen as being quite slow. But because the camera's always doing something that feels very intentional, you're always kind of at least if you're someone who pays attention to you, someone who likes film you tend mm-hmm. to like sit and really pay attention. It, it, you get more engrossed in those scenes because it feels like everything's telling you something, even if it is quite a low-key scene where they're just having breakfast or they're just in the mm-hmm. car talking or, or, or whatever it may be. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I mean, the direction is the star of the show for me, but then I think the cast mm-hmm. are really good. Um, if I have any critiques, really, it would maybe just be that, despite the fact that it's two hours and ten minutes long, I would say the last, like, ten minutes feels a little rushed, and it might actually mm-hmm. benefit from another ten or fifteen minutes just to, like, <laughs> flesh out that last part a bit. Uh, it would have it would have put it up to like two and a half hour territory, which would probably seem mm-hmm. a bit much. But I think with the way the scenes in this movie are paced, it just feels it. It never felt long to me as I was watching it. It felt like the, the yeah. scenes just naturally existed. I, I saw a description online that said it was like if Terrence Malick made a cannibal movie, and I feel like <laughs> that's not a perfect comparison. I, I think his movies are even more like slow and art housey than this is, but mm-hmm. I can definitely see the. The, the intention of comparing it to that and saying this is a bit closer to that than it is, I don't know, pick any other cannibal movie. Although, I think Raw Existing does well, give uh, you a, a, a good c- comparison point, yeah? I don't know, you said pick any other cannibal movie, so of course I go to Green Inferno, you know? <sighs> don't remind me of that movie, Timmy. <laughs> One of our most downloaded episodes. I can <laughs> constantly think about it. It's been seven years, and it's still just <laughs> look, it, it, like haunting us. I just can't get away from it. Uh, you know, we should probably start doing something like every April or May, whenever our anniversary is, because I feel like we're we're getting up there in numbers now. It's probably worth mm-hmm. celebrating and being like, "Hey, it's happy screams anniversary." Sure. <laughs> I don't know what we'd do it special. I don't know. You can give me a present. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i will tim maybe i will <laughs> um all right so yeah cast timothy chalamet is lee uh taylor russell is marin uh our two leads marin very much is the main character it's her story um she's who we start with she's who we get to know and everyone is else is kind of through her lens and then Mark Rylands plays the memorable Sully, who is kind of a potential threat in the film. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything uh, as far as any of the characters go. He lands an airplane on uh, the Hudson River. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. That's uh, a reference to the <laughs> Tom Hanks movie based on the true story. <laughs> See, when I hear Sully, I think of uh, Sully from Uncharted because I, I like those games. Of course. Of yeah. Course. But, yeah. So I would never have thought to make that reference, but <laughs> here's Tim <laughs> pulling through for everyone yet again. Here's Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know our, fran- our fans are freaks that, <laughs> you know, they, they hear you say a name like Sully, you know they're, they're expecting a, a Sully reference. They're expecting a reference <laughs> to that Tom Hanks movie that I don't think I've heard anyone talk about <laughs> since the year it came out. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I gotta pop back into the Discord, but I know it's just uh, the people there are such freaks. But I, I know they have like, they probably have like some drinking game or something set up for like every time we mention Sully. Or... <laughs> Don't make this a thing. <laughs> this doesn't need to be a thing. It just doesn't. Not not every weird joke you make needs to be a thing. I'm just mad because I did it before you did your Uncharted joke you were planning. I wasn't planning on Uncharted joke because I, th- I figured it was too niche. I think it was too niche for the audience to get. Because it was a all blockbuster movie. Of course people are going to get it. Oh, don't make me think of it. <laughs> when I think Sully, I'm not thinking Mark Wahlberg. I just want to make that very clear right now. <laughs> oh, good lord. We have fun on the show. 
allegedly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I suppose we'll get into the spoilers so we could talk about the movie proper. So uh, brace yourselves. You. We'll get into it. I mean, this first thing I'm going to mention is not necessarily a spoiler, but it's, it, since, you know, it's the start of the movie, this is the first time I think I've seen this fancy new MGM logo. Mm, well, I gotta I got pay more attention to the logos. I uh, I think I missed it. If it's yeah. well, it's when I say different. logo, the the final logo is the same. It's the, you know it's the MGM as, as mm-hmm. you've always seen it. But like the way it, like it sort of comes on screen uh, in a way that I don't think I, I'm pretty sure this is a new <laughs> intro they've got where it's all shiny and gold and it kind of whooshes onto the screen mm. and forms mm. the uh, the classic thing. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like I, I didn't say it was amazing. Or right? I, I just. It's just the first time I think I've seen it. That's all. I do think uh, we could do like a, an episode of like our top ten movie logos. I, th- I feel like that'd be. I wouldn't mind doing that. I mean, I could. Do, I don't know if it's specifically a streams after midnight thing, but I, I would. I'm. I'm very down for doing top ten movie. Uh, are we talking just the logos? Or are we talking like the intro, like you know, clips that they put before the movie? Because I feel like that's more specific. What we're what we're talking about. Um, yeah, I think we'll just go, just keep it simple, go just with the logos. Just the logo? Okay. Sure. But I'm just saying, I mean, cause, we do. <laughs> because, you know, some of them have had multiple and, like, you know. I see what you're saying. Okay. I mean, yeah. You know. I'm just... we'll, uh, yeah. Actually, we'll let the people decide. We'll loop Connor <laughs> in on this, see what he thinks. I don't ask him his opinion. I'm not interested <laughs> in his opinion. <laughs> And that's a general statement, not just about this. Like, that's just <laughs> blanket across the board. No, uh, what, what, uh, Joe, it's funny. Do you remember last? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what order these are all going to go out, admittedly, but I'll make mm-hmm. sure this is after Knock at the Cabin because I'm about to reference something. Said that. <laughs> uh, but you ever heard that movie started with the classic 1980s Universal intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said, oh, that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. What's funny is that I just watched another movie for Collector's Cut that mm-hmm. had the same thing but it was two so i actually got both the classic warner brothers from 1980 and the classic paramount from 1980 uh, uh-huh. because we had zodiac on collector's cut and that Ooh. had the classic versions of both those uh intros and it just it's just funny that it was like a few days after we did knock at the cabin and i'm like oh mm-hmm. here's just two more of different studios so uh that's at least another example of uh of that yeah, happening hot take but uh Zodiac is such a good movie. <laughs> I, I love, I love that movie. You're so bold. <laughs> You're so bold. Which, fine enough, it starred Chloe Sevigny in a small role, and she pops up in this in a small role as well. Oh, look at that! I, I, I brought it back round to bones and yeah. all, like a professional. <laughs> professional. Yes. Hashtag killed and cavil. All right. Let's start calling you Leon. <laughs> Please don't. He's the worst character <laughs> in Resident Evil. No, come on. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the, the the four main playable ones. Obviously, he's not worse than Steve Burnside. Come on, I'm not crazy, Tim. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the movie Bones and All. It's, it opens with you know introduction to our main character Marin. Uh, we see her at school, and her friend says, "Hey, I'm having a sleepover tonight. My parents are gone." why don't you come and the movie's very smart with how it introduces all this information it's like okay it sets this up it sets up that her dad won't let her go 
Um, her dad, played by Andrew Holland, seems nice enough to her, but there's just these little things, like, when she goes to bed, he gets up, like, because he's, like, falling asleep on the couch, and when she says she's going to bed, he gets mm-hmm. up, and he actually, like, just puts a little lock on the outside of her door to keep her in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, now, obviously, I know the movie's about cannibals, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> she's clearly already got a problem, and that's why he's he's locking her in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did think, though, that because he's there's a lock and he's locked it, that that probably gives him this false sense of security that, okay, that's her, she can't get out now, and that's why he's not going to check on her, you know, yeah. like every hour or whatever. So Makes sense. But of course, she sneaks out the window and she, she goes mm-hmm. to the, the friend's place. And honestly, I was getting anxiety from someone that's thinking, oh, is this like a trap to like embarrass her because they all don't like her? Because I was getting like, <laughs> like the girl that she ends up, you know, biting the finger off, like she actually does seem to like her and want to be friends with her. But I was thinking that maybe this could be like a, like a, you know, group of mean girls kind of wanting mm-hmm. to like pick on the new kid who's a bit of a loner kind of thing. Yeah. You know? It um, could be a carry situation. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things we're going to talk about during this is that the... The cannibalism itself, this need... Because it's not just that she happens to be a cannibal, it's that she's had this mm-hmm. need to be a cannibal since she was, like, a toddler, right? That's something we find mm-hmm. out as it goes on. And I, there's a clear metaphor with it for... I, I think it's sexual desire and coming of age, but certainly I think more specifically, there's a, I, I was getting a lot of gay allegories from it. Um, the idea that, you know, parents mm-hmm. couldn't accept that that's what she is. Uh, the mm-hmm. idea that people talk about when they, you know, kind of came out of the closet or even the idea that they can sense they can smell it on each like you or i can smell that you're in here oh, yeah, yeah they can smell it it's <laughs> like oh is that like kind of like you know like a gaydar kind of like analogy <laughs> yeah. um but i i think obviously i'm doing this in retrospect but in the moment i i was actually thinking it was about to be a romantic moment because they're lying next to each other like her and this other girl right and the other <laughs> two friends are on the couch doing girly stuff but they're mm-hmm. underneath the table <clears throat> on the floor and they're just kind of getting to know each other and she's talking about the fact she, that she doesn't know her mother and stuff like that. But as she's mm-hmm. talking about this and as the friend is asking questions, uh, Marin's kind of like, you know, inching towards her and she's kind of, you know, almost feels like they might kiss in like a minute. You know, like, yeah. like she's sort of getting closer. <laughs> she's kind of like hunching in and sort of snuggling into her and it feels like it's going romantic. And I was thinking, oh, maybe they're going to notice this and the other friends are going to be mean about it. I mean, maybe the, mm-hmm. the main friend actually likes this and is kind of, you know, ready to pursue that as well. But these other mm-hmm. friends may get, may get mean. Um, and like you say, out of nowhere, you know, she, she, cause I think, uh, the other friend like paints her nail, like the, the, the friend's nails and she pulls mm-hmm. the, the hand in and says, Oh, what, what do you think? It's two orange. Right. And <laughs> like, just casually, Marin leans over and just wraps her mouth around her finger and for a split second I thought oh that's getting way more sexual but then of course a, <laughs> a split second later and the girl starts screaming and she starts biting and this is probably the most grisly effect in the whole movie because it looks yeah. like she's actually ripping the flesh off the finger with her mouth and it's like it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really well done like even it, it's been like a couple of days since I watched it now and like I can still see it in my mind because it is just so visceral and like, you know, it just, it's one of those great things too, where just like the sound is just like perfect for it. Like it has this like bone crunching, like yep. tendons ripping <laughs> kind of sound to it. And, and because like, you know, like we kind of said before, like the camera, you know, it has this very like, yeah, kind of like art, artsy kind of 
thing where it's just like staying very focused it's not trying to do any like flashy quick cuts or anything like, like we said before like it just makes it like you're just staying there in that moment like forced to watch it and um yeah, yeah like uh, it, it's so horror-y it, it's really good <laughs> i mean obviously there's an effect here because of the, the, the you know the, the hands the fingers getting bit off but i i read that they actually bit her finger off <laughs> oh, did, a... did, 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 <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. Uh, but like it forces it to just be the performances like you're just watching yeah. like it does it does cut to the friends occasionally but for the most part it's just this two shot of them lying under this mm-hmm. glass tables we're sort of looking mm-hmm. at them through the top of the table and yeah. it does look very intimate it feels like they're very closed in and they're snuggling up to each other it feels very romantic and it takes this turn and it's all mm-hmm. just the performances and then the reaction obviously she's screaming and the two friends like realize what's going on and they pull her out mm-hmm. under the table Marin runs home. She's got blood all down her like top, and her dad immediately knows what's happened and says, mm-hmm. "Okay, pack up. We need to be gone in like three minutes before the police get here." And uh, so you can tell that they've been moving town to town every time she has an incident. But yeah. th- this scene tells you a lot of things because she didn't come here planning to eat her. She she obviously came right, here right, right, wanting yeah. to you know be social and wanting to have a friend. Um, but it tells you that the urge here was so much that she didn't even stop mm. to consider the fact that there's two other people. She didn't stop to think about how much she was going to hurt her. This was like waving a bit of meat in front of a dog where she just mm-hmm. had to take the bite. And yeah. even once she starts screaming, she doesn't like... Because you know, I think if you described what this scene was going to be to me, I would mm. have assumed she would take a bite when she loses control, and then mm. when the girl starts screaming, she would she would back away instantly and realize what she's done and be like, oh, no, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm so sorry, and then run out or something. That's how I would think the scene would play out. But the fact that she is, like, enjoying the finger, and it's not yeah. until she's pulled away by force, mm-hmm. it just it gives you this impression of, like, just how, like, into this moment she is, that she's not even, like, paying attention. And it really does paint mm-hmm. it as quite dangerous to the people around her, even if she can mostly control it. These urges, because she's trying not to do it, yeah. always build up and you know and and again it's great like it's not like over the top like you might see in like a zombie movie or something where they're just like you know just shoveling like as much meat as they can in their mouth it's like she's she's enjoying it like you would like a really tasty sandwich or something you kind of just like <laughs> you know she's like taking her time like she's not like you know shoving the whole thing in her mouth like oh i need more or whatever like it's uh again it's just really yeah well done and observed yeah and the, 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 the fact that the camera doesn't start doing lots of quick cuts and shaky cam to like give the sense of action as it's happening yeah. it really paints just how absurd the whole thing feels as she's slowly biting this girl's finger off <laughs> so yeah no like it's so effective and that sort of gets the ball rolling and you know the dad takes her to another another city and then very like qu- quickly abandons her you know he just runs away because he's like you know what i can't do this anymore like i've got this weird cannibal I think, daughter i can't do it yeah i think it's it's as soon as she turns 18 he's like he bounces like you yeah know, that's my responsibilities up um, he leaves her a bit of cash and like a, a tape uh just sort of confessing like because she doesn't remember the first time she did something because she was like mm-hmm. three and he's like ah oh, the tape because she listens to this like throughout the movie and you hear a bit of it every so often but we hear the first time was like a babysitter when she was three and she just like ripped the, the ear and the throat off this babysitter Ugh, and the yeah. dad had to like cover it up and hide the body and you know <laughs> go on the run yeah. which yeah, i kind of wonder like even yeah like in that opening scene and stuff like how aware she is of what she's doing or if it is a purely like 
almost subconscious kind of thing, uh, you know, something. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, like from this point on, like, you know, she seems to be, you know, aware of it more. But, you know, I wonder, like, growing up in these earlier instances, like how much she actually remembers or kind of knew what was going on. Um, yeah. One thing I, I did want to say, too, like the I, I know, obviously, like, you know, in this day and age, like, you know, they they have to let you know what the movie's about and, and give so much away and stuff. But, um, man, it would be really fun to just like go completely cold into this movie, not know what it's, what it's about at all. And like, like how, like I, this opening scene is already like jarring, like even knowing what the movie's about, but like, man, that would be like, uh, I'd be really interested to see like how people would react. Like, oh, yeah. if was like, Oh, I heard this is a good horror movie. I have no idea what it's about, but let's check it out. Like, Oh, even if fun. they didn't know it was a horror movie, if you just said, Oh, this is a young, like, road trip like romantic yeah. coming of age <laughs> film and that's technically true but that yeah. statement was not false but then yeah, they get in. to this scene and just like react to it it, it would be kind of wild <laughs> yeah uh so she goes looking for her mom because the, the dad leaves the birth certificate <clears throat> uh and it says where the mom was born and she's never met her mom so she goes looking and the money like she may technically have more, but she's not willing to buy the ticket to go all the way there in the bus because it's like a four bus trip or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is one of these alien things to me because I live in a much smaller country. The idea of having like you can't just get a straight bus from one location <laughs> to the next; you have to switch yeah. over like in three different states. Uh, <laughs> is, is wild to me, but you know she she gets this you know on the bus and she gets to like the, the first changeover state i don't even remember where this was doesn't really matter um <laughs> but this is where we get introduced to sully uh mm-hmm. she's and this is again another good horror movie moment where she's on her own it's night time she's waiting outside the bus station and she basically has to wait until the morning for this bus so she's just kind of mm-hmm. it does that thing where it's like oh is there someone who's a threat is there anyone around and you know sully comes like walking down the street and it's a really good tense like Oh, is he a, like a serial killer or something? It, it doesn't have that kind of vibe to it. You you would not be mistaken for thinking you were watching like a, a slasher movie or something at this moment. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, this uh, you know this guy just does such a good performance. It, it does feel so off putting and unsettling. And um, I love that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I never really fully got like what his motives are. Like, I was like, like you know, like obviously he's like you know uh like enticed by her because you know he she's an eater as well but i never really understood like all right is that like a sexual attraction thing is there like a you know father-daughter thing that he is feeling towards her like like i don't know the the kind of ambiguity uh <laughs> said that way but of like what he wants just like i don't know, felt kind of made it like kind of creepier to me yeah i think it is open to interpretation i mean i think absolutely the hunger that they all feel as a is obviously mm-hmm. an analogy for sexual desire. So, mm-hmm. um, I I mean I definitely read it certainly by the end that he does even if he's not admitting it to himself he does have some kind of like sick attraction to her. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know he brings her around and says I could smell you down the street like you're one of mm-hmm. us like you're an eater too and brings her to this house and it turns out not to be his house this is just some old woman's house and she's like lying in the bedroom floor dying. And he's basically just waiting for her to die so he can eat. Uh, mm-hmm. Is basically what we find out. But like you say, this guy's performance—you know—he he brings her in, he sits her down, and he sort of like 
preparing some chicken and that's the thing like <laughs> these cannibals do eat regular food as well like throughout the movie this is not just like yeah. it's not the only thing they eat um but he he has this very soft spoken voice i know mark rylance who plays the character i, I believe he's english so he's doing an accent here uh, for him. Oh. so uh, from the motherland <laughs> he's he's a it's a very thick accent and i never noticed it slipping uh maybe people who mm. actually are from where this accent comes from might mm-hmm. notice something off about it but it seemed fine to me yeah yeah it's i mean everything about what he was doing for the character worked so yeah he's very soft-spoken but he's got like you know they've given him like really bad teeth and he's kind of mm. Like he's just kind of disgusting the entire time. Where you, you feel like at any point he might try and eat her, right? Oh, yeah. um, but that's that's really what it feels like. Now he doesn't. He ends up just showing her where the body is, and then in the morning when mm-hmm. she dies, it's like she knows instantly because she can smell it. And mm-hmm. she goes in, and he's already he's he's in like a white vest and his white underpants, and he's just <laughs> on the floor just chewing away at her, like her, her stomach or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then she goes in and starts chewing on her arm. And I think it's only a few times in the movie, but I want to point out how good the effects are here. The way it looks like they're actually just biting flesh of a, of a human. You know, it doesn't have that mm-hmm. thing where it looks like the arm's extra thick, so there's the, the, the bit that she can bite off comes from. It looks yeah. like she's ripping off a bit of flesh with her teeth. It looks really, really good. good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, then, why don't you tell the audience, Tim, about what Sully keeps in his bag? Oh, uh, just some hair. <laughs> Nothing that weird. Um, yeah, uh, he, you know, he says that he likes to save, uh, like, uh, like get, have a little souvenir or whatever, uh, you know, from each of his victims. So he has, uh, this bag that's just full of human hair, like all woven together. And it's like, so goddamn long, uh, which again, it's like, oh, uh, all right, you creep. <laughs> You've been doing this for uh quite a quite a bit <laughs> yeah but um I, I, again like it's just like such a nice like weird character touch uh for him to do that say like, oh this guy's already like you know uh has like off the charts creepy vibes but then just like adding this to it is like oh, god damn it dude like yeah like you get the sense that she's like you know i don't like eating people like this sucks and like you're like collecting their hair what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> yeah it's not she likes she has to do it but she obviously feels that hunger is something she needs to do which you know again if you're saying it represents sexual desire and mm-hmm. that pent-up need to like have that release uh yeah. that can make some sense um but he does feel like a sexual predator even even if he's not literally that in the movie that's clearly what he feels like he feels like someone older who has the same needs that is trying to bond then- with someone young who's now discovering she has those needs Oh, absolutely, yeah, and you can, yes, yeah, so you can, I'm, it, it, you can easily, like, apply, like, a grooming angle to it or whatever. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think that's maybe what he wants. He wants the groomer. Obviously, she makes the choice yeah. to run away and get on the bus, uh, and there's that great shot as he's staring at the bus as, as it's driving yeah. away. Uh, it's really, I think that was in the trailer as well. It was one of the few moments mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I think I remember that from the trailer. Uh, also... Mm-hmm. That hair thing that he's made with all the bits of hair, like it's multi-purpose in case he has to like, escape in a rush. He can throw that because it, it, it literally looks like when a prisoner makes a rope out of bed sheets, but That's it's very true. Out of, yeah. Like ponytails instead. <laughs> Perfect. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's multi-purpose. Uh, 
So I Shaz, think he'd be less threatening if he just wore, wore the hair, like, and <laughs> make him look like I don't kind of kooky and <laughs> fun to be around. I don't know if someone wearing like fifty different examples of human hair <laughs> would make me think they're fun to be around, Tim. <laughs> well, you know, teach their own. <laughs> Uh, so she ends up in a different state and she goes to a mm. store and she starts shoplifting uh, but while she's there there's this, Hell yeah. there's this drunk guy who's harassing the employee or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, she tries to tell the guy to calm down and then mm-hmm. this is where Timothy Chalamet shows up Lee he's there and he mm-hmm. basically tells the guy to get lost and he follows, the guy says alright let's go outside and have a fight then you little shit and the guy's clearly drunk um, mm-hmm. So they go outside, and when Marin's leaving the store, she looks across to this abandoned <laughs> building, and Timothy Chalamet walks out with blood all down his shirt. He's clearly <laughs> been chomping away on this drunk guy, and she's like, wait, I could smell you in there. I knew you were an eater. Uh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. I could do that until recently, and he's like, yeah, I could smell you too. Uh, <laughs> and, they, and thus the romance of the century is is born. Um <laughs> But you get what it's doing here, though. This is this is her finding a mutual of a similar age who shares yeah. the need, you know. So as yeah. someone who will understand her in a way that no one else does, that she can bond with. So it's, all the coming of age stuff really starts to like gel here, and yeah. So yeah, and it works in his favor that he's not uh, a giant creep <laughs> like the last person she met. No, he's, he's slightly a creep, but he's not a giant creep. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit. Right, that's the important distinction here. <laughs> so they end up traveling together. She she goes with him, um, to where his family lives, and we meet his sister. Mm-hmm. He's 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 estranged from his his mother, uh, by the sounds of it. But he does visit his sister, who's like a teenager, mm-hmm. and we meet her briefly. Um, but he's basically willing to help. Marin go to where she's going to go and find her mother um mm-hmm. and we get the journey on there and this is where i'll probably stop going through the movie exactly in order because i feel like this next part of the movie does is you know it's a series of them traveling of camping um but there's a couple of notable scenes that we do have to talk about uh mm-hmm. you know I, I think the biggest one is probably when they're, they're finally sort of romantically connected and they're kissing and stuff and they have mm-hmm. those moments um but uh well actually what scene what scene do you want to talk about first you want to talk about the the campground scene with the other ears, or do you want to talk about the fairground guy? <laughs> Which one do you want to talk about first? I forgot, I forgot about that uh, fairground guy. Um, I feel like they run in. Do they? They run into the those of the other eaters first. Yeah. Right? yeah, I think I think so. I think it was just go first. in order. Yeah, yeah, so they're in whatever town they're in, and uh, is it the Fourth of July or something like that? I think there was fireworks. Uh, that they were yeah. watching earlier on, but they, right. this this truck pulls up. So they they're having a romantic moment in the back of their truck, and then this other truck pulls up, and it's these two guys. And he gets out, and it's a bit tense for a moment, but it becomes clear that this guy's also an eater, and he's like, "Oh, I can mm-hmm. smell you upwind." And like, you know, here we are, mm-hmm. uh, and they end up sitting and just like getting to know each other, and they're talking. And what really stuck out about this conversation to me is they were basically sharing stories of the first time they ate someone and it sounded mm-hmm. a lot like talking about the first time you had sex you know like your first sure. time yeah. uh and he talks about how this this guy that he's with like walked in on him and it turns out mm-hmm. this guy that he's with is not an eater but he kind of wants right. to be 
Yeah, which is a very interesting <laughs> dynamic. I'm like, what's appealing to you about this exactly, dude? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand your thought process here. This, you, you're Guillermo from what we do in the shadows. You're, you're like saying, please, please, Anandar, please, <laughs> turn me into a vampire, please. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure that's how the cannibalism works in this movie, but yeah. But th- this is where the uh, the allegory for like it, it specifically maybe representing uh, being gay sort of like popped out in my mind because mm-hmm. there was so much of this here where it was like, oh, we're talking about our first experiences and like we all seem to have parents who have the sondas for for what we are and mm-hmm. all all those things. It just a lot of those like parallels started to just sort of come screaming at me at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because the rest of the world, you know, not, I mean, not all the world, but a lot of the rest of the world sees that as horrific. So in this movie, it's literally mm-hmm. this horrific thing they're doing. Um, so. I think especially for, like, it, it works as, like, a metaphor, too, I feel like, for a lot of, like, the areas, you know, they're traveling through, like, you mm-hmm. know, the more, you know, Midwestity uh kind of places, you know, are, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the areas that maybe tend to be more... um you know, like afraid or you know, un, un unwilling to accept like those kind of you know what they deem you know to be like uh, deviant behaviors or whatever. Versus where like you know, if like it was is like you know the you know New York City or something where you know you might have all different types of people and stuff. It might feel like more welcoming or, or something. But I feel like you 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 went a long way around there to just say areas that are maybe more typically homophobic. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were really dancing around it, but that's basically what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I know we got a lot of listeners in those areas. I don't want to paint a, a you know a, a broad brush, but yeah. hi, I'm sure any decent folk who are in those mm-hmm. places know fine well that they're surrounded by a larger oh, yeah. proportion of homophobic <laughs> people. Yeah. All right, and don't worry about offending the homophobes. <laughs> I'm not concerned about that. <laughs> Pete, they're our biggest demographic. We can't. It's <laughs> <laughs> kidding, obviously. Come on. <laughs> second biggest. The gay people first, then the homophobes are second, which is really, which is really tough to to balance when you're creating content. Yeah. <laughs> Two broad extremes of the audience. Uh, no, I get kid, I kid. So now I thought that scene was very interesting, but it's still kind of tense because you still kind of feel like they like they want to get away. In fact, one of the little moments because mm. it's been a little while since it felt like a horror movie at this point. But there's a mm-hmm. little moment here where uh, Marin goes back to the truck and she just holds a knife as she's looking out the window. And it's a really good mm-hmm. little creepy shot. But it just it tells you like how she feels. And that tone of like, oh, we can't really trust these other two people. It feels like they might try and eat us when we fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so they just sneak off um, and make a run for and, it. And uh, sorry, I, I might be forgetting this a little bit, but... Uh, like the the other eater guy is he the one that kind of explains i guess what would you say like the concept or whatever of bones and all oh yeah yeah he he's the one who says yeah um that i you know i ate them bones and all and then he, he realizes that they all two haven't you know the other two main characters haven't done that and he's mm-hmm. like oh it's so different like once you've went bones and all you you never go back mm-hmm. like that's like a mm-hmm. a rite of passage which I, <laughs> I don't know how that fits into the metaphor exactly, because it, it, it almost sounds like going all the way, like you, like everything mm-hmm. else is foreplay, but that's actual sex, almost, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't think the movie's trying to say that <laughs> uh, right, right. anything, like, yeah, I, but I, that's what it kind of sounded like based on everything else I was thinking about with the, mm-hmm. the themes and the metaphors, but 
Uh, no, that's a, good, that's a good point to bring out. There was a weird to skip over mm. the moment where the title of the movie is yeah. literally uttered <laughs> in the scene. Um, but yeah, so later on, they're, they're having a romantic time at a, a fairground, right? They're making out on the, on the wheel, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And <laughs> she says she's getting hungry. And clearly she means, you know, it's been a while since we've had some human meat. <laughs> and I think at this point, yeah, they haven't actually killed anyone yet because the last time he ate was the guy at the convenience store. But mm-hmm. she didn't eat him. You know, she wasn't involved in that. So it makes sense that she's starting to get a little bit hungrier. So uh, basically, they pick a victim, which is this guy uh, who's running one of the little the booths, you know, where you try to toss the ball in the, the cups or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's clear that Timothy Chalamet is going to seduce this guy and, like, lure him <laughs> out. And so so they, you know, I'm already thinking this movie is like an allegory for being gay. The fact that his victim is an actual gay man and that's how he's going to lure him out. Like, it just felt like it was playing with the themes and the, the things that we're already talking about. Uh, so... I, I like I like how they do, like, set him up as being kind of a dick, though. Like, he's being, like, really mean to, like, this, like, little oh, yeah, kid yeah, that kid. Yeah. <laughs> just wants, like, a prize. <laughs> and then, um, which, I mean, yeah, not a very nice thing to do, but it's like, I don't know if, yeah, <laughs> just being kind of dickish to, like customers at a fair or whatever is like grounds to be like all right yeah this is a bad guy that we can eat um but yeah i, I was a I, I was actually like a little surprised that uh that it does kind of go to like where they go at first like um i didn't pick up like instantly that uh i was like oh he's like seducing him at first i thought he was just trying to like um I don't know, like get drugs or something off him, or just kind of be like, "Hey, like, what's there to do in this town or whatever?" And it then, was, uh, it was once the, it kind of starts to go those places, though. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was the way he was looking at him. Well, the way that's because it, 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 mm-hmm. the, 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 this is again the direction was very on point, where mm-hmm. it was doing these intense, shallow depth of field close ups of both of them, especially the guy at the fairground, mm-hmm. where he kept looking back at you know Lee with these you know very kind of like you know, horn the eyes. And then he kind of kept letting him win. You know, he kind of like, yeah. you know, he was doing these little things for him. And it just, it kind of felt like, no, this is the plan. He's seducing him. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like he, he, they pick him up afterwards. Uh, well, uh, Marin does, Marin hides in the truck and sort of mm-hmm. follows him after. Uh, but the, he lures him out into like a cornfield or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he's got a knife with him. Um, and it goes a lot further than I thought it would because when Marin like comes around the corner, uh, you know, Lee is is jerking him off. Basically, you know, he's, he's he's doing the reach around. He's behind him and he's got his arm round. And then, mm-hmm. just as the guy's yelling, he's about to finish. Lee slits his throat with the knife. Oof, um, yeah. So again, it, the idea that we're saying that these urges to to be a cannibal mm-hmm. or an analogy in some sort of sexual, uh, like desire and. Pe- he literally kills him at the moment of orgasm. Like that, that is what happens here. Like it's really, you know, putting that at the forefront of your mind. It's really hitting you over the head with it. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting to think about from the, obviously it never like plays it like Marin is jealous or upset that this happened. Obviously they both start eating them after this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of interesting that he's used sexuality to lure a victim in. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of plays into the themes as well. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But then it also like does make sense though, because they're looking for people that like, you know, won't be missed that don't have like family and stuff. And if like, you know, you're thinking that, Oh yeah, this is a 
you know, a, a gay man, then obviously he's not going to be married or have kids or whatever that are going to, you know, be looking for him or whatever. So well, it's like... It's less likely, and especially in this time period that I think we're in, it seems less likely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, like, why they're, like, they're, like, so screwed when they're, like, oh, wait a minute, he has, like, a wife and kid, like, oh, crap. Yeah, because typically what they do when they kill someone is go back to their place so they can rob them. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's not like they have jobs, obviously, as they're traveling the country. Yeah. But when they go past the address, they see that there's lights on at the house. He doesn't live alone. Mm-hmm. And Marin goes up and looks at the window, and there's, like, a like a wife and a child. And it's like, shit, this was mm-hmm. someone who was... Which, don't get me wrong, it makes him uh, obviously less likable more because he's, mm-hmm. you know, he was cheating on his wife yeah. with, with, a, with a man. But yeah. um, it's like, shit, he did actually have people who cared about him. Like, we just took away a father from someone. And this yeah. is something that she, uh, Marin especially, kind of struggles with and feels guilty about. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at the very least, she she thinks she should feel guilty. There's a line that kind of implies mm-hmm. she doesn't feel, that she's actually kind of concerned that she doesn't feel as guilty as she should. Um, yeah. Which is which is interesting, uh, I, I think, from a, a narrow... I, I don't know if we're kind of getting into this this idea of guilt about sex and the idea mm-hmm. of, like, you know, should should you feel like, guilty after it? And that's a very kind of, like, classic, you know, mm-hmm. religious way of looking at sex, is that unless it's purely for, you know, reproduction, it's... it's mm-hmm. You don't do it. It's, it's, it's not something you're supposed to be doing, all willy-nilly. Uh, in, in a weird way, too, like, I can also, like relate to it though as someone that like yeah i'm not a vegetarian but like you know i do have pets and like i love animals so like you know but i also Mm. like still eat meat so like there's like you know sometimes you you know have a little bit of a guilty feeling like you're eating a burger when you're like should i be doing this like uh you know yeah yeah no i I get that comparison that's interesting i I was never really thinking of it from that uh perspective Mm -hmm. but i mean clearly like you know, she's very conflicted about this, and uh, Lee says, look, you, you've only got... I mean, this actually comes after she meets the mother, but, like, you've only really got three options. Either mm-hmm. you, you know, keep satisfying your needs, you kill yourself, mm-hmm. or you end up like your mother, which is what we're about to get to. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that's, like, a big turning point where they kind of fall out for a bit in the movie. Because uh, yeah. they get to the town where the mother was born, uh, and she's not there, but they do find her grandmother, right? So her mother's mm-hmm. mother. Um, who's surprised to see that she has a granddaughter and mm-hmm. it basically it sounds like that her mother's the same as her right she also is a cannibal mm-hmm. and this is something that's been passed down to her uh which which is interesting because i mean that does kind of move it away from the the sexual thing i guess a little bit yeah and then the 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 mother though was uh like the, it's uh the grandmother's not like biological though right no like she they, was she was left in front of like a police station or something as a baby, mm-hmm. and they adopted her. Yeah, mm-hmm. which like yeah, just an interesting note because then it's like oh like yeah, if it is like a biological thing, then it's like oh well like you know she's fine, but then yeah, yeah the no. mother and the daughter both have it. Yeah, actually, did, did you? Uh, I did notice this. I was happy, and I wasn't sure if it was something to care about, but then it mm-hmm. turned out that it was. Uh, but I did notice the van in the background uh, outside the, the grandmother's house, like down the street, mm. uh, which ended up being Mark Rylance's, uh, Sully's van later on. Uh, oh, I, I, no, I didn't yeah, notice it. <laughs> it's very subtle, but you can see it in the background, but it was just enough. That, that was like a van that's like surveying the house or something. Uh, and sure oh. enough, later on, that Sully's popped up in this van. I went, ah, I, I caught you, you bastard. I saw you. You've been following them. Uh <laughs> Oh, but, catch. Uh, that's cool. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, they go and see her mother, who turns out is alive, but she's in a mental mm-hmm. hospital. Which, by the way, this felt like a horror movie. See, when she goes out of the mental hospital and there's just mm-hmm. like screams coming from different parts. <laughs> yes. I think because it's not like a cookie spooky horror movie with like mm-hmm. in, like obvious horror things going on, just hearing these screams in broad daylight actually felt quite, oh, that's, that's actually quite unnerving. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So yes, Chloe Savini, uh, it turns out, ate off her own hands to stop her from killing <laughs> anyone else. Um, and she tries, she, after mm. uh, she gives a letter to Marin because mm. she can't talk anymore, uh, mm. which says various things on it. She lunges at Marin and tries to kill her by biting her neck. Mm. She's, clearly, she's clearly never been comfortable with what she is, right? And... Mm-hmm. I think, again, if you look at this as an analogy for some kind of sexual repression, mm-hmm. the idea that she still feels ashamed of what she is and she doesn't even want her daughter to, mm-hmm. to live with that. So she tries to kill her when she gets her one chance. So mm-hmm. the idea of the healthy thing being that, no, she has to, you know, Marin has to kind of come to accept this and live with what this this desire is, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. It, it makes the mother especially tragic, you know, that she, that this is what, expectations or whatever drove her to this you know she felt yeah. so ashamed of what she is um again if you take it literally as cannibalism obviously it's a little bit different but <laughs> you know i think the movie's playing with you know uh themes and analogy here more than absolutely anything. yeah so yeah uh this is where uh they have a bit of a fight and mm-hmm. when they stop for gas uh lee <coughs> is quite sleepy and I thought this was a really interesting touch. Marin like takes the money out of her shoe and leaves it for him and then runs off away from him. And I did think it was mm-hmm. quite interesting that she basically just did to him what her father did to her mm-hmm. and what her mother even did to her in a lot of ways as well. So it's this mm-hmm. idea that there are these things that are running in the family that, you know, it's, it's, it's like the tragedy of like, oh, not wanting to become her mother, but then doing exactly what both her parents did to her the first chance yeah. she got. Is, is quite sad <laughs> so yeah yeah so i thought it was good but that's when sully pops up in his van though and tries to speak to her and she kind of pisses him off because she's like i don't really trust you and i don't want to go with you <laughs> and he gets very upset he gets in his van and leaves but he gets very upset about it he seems very offended yeah no he's uh he has a hair trigger you don't <laughs> that's a kind of a guy you want to tiptoe around <laughs> he's got more than a hair trigger yeah, <laughs> he's, oh, got, good. <laughs> he's, he's got a hair bungee roll. sack. <laughs> yeah, nah. So, but this, this was a very creepy scene. Like, you know, it was creepy earlier on, but this felt like, no, you've been following her across state lines. Like, there's no part of this is ever going to feel like because he's like, oh, I just wanted to follow you because we never got to say our goodbyes. Like, <laughs> what you followed her across three states just to say goodbye and what you're going to go on your way? I, I don't think so. Uh, you know he's probably like, thinking to himself like he's like oh like I'm like I'm so nice to her like you know she owes me like I'm like such like the perfect gentleman. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean if you go down that route and you talk about him being a sexual predator, it's the idea that once you are old enough to be sexually active and your your sexual mm-hmm. desires are more on display, um, <laughs> you know because you're looking for a mate or whatever. Not that she's literally doing that in the movie, but the, the, again the <laughs> whole thing's a metaphor for it. The idea that you can attract the unwa- you know, unwanted advances of someone that you mm-hmm. wouldn't want to be your mate. You may attract, 
you know, especially for a young woman, you might attract some like fifty-year-old who, <laughs> you know, wants a piece, and yeah. you know. So th- these are the sort of thoughts that were going through my mind as you know, Sully was making his moves and try to pretend to be this best friend uncle type character, but there was always just kind of a unnerving undertone to everything he said. But yeah, yeah. performance is good though. The performance makes it all. Oh yeah. All work. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So there's a bit of a montage theater there. Um, but she eventually goes looking for Lee. She wants to find mm-hmm. him and actually goes to where cause she knows the town he lives in and she knows what her, his sister looks like. So she finds her mm-hmm. and says, Hey, uh, I'm looking for Lee. And she, yeah, he's like, here, he's there, whatever. Uh, but the sister mm-hmm. kind of reveals some of the backstory for Lee, which is that, uh, their dad was abusive. Their dad attacked him. And when the cops eventually got there, after Lee was basically defending his little sister and she ran away to get the cops, he, you know, the dad was dis- uh, disappeared and Lee had blood all down his shirt. Although later mm-hmm. on they discovered it was all Lee's blood because he, he was actually hitting Lee. He did beat the shit out of him. Um, mm-hmm. But then afterwards, he has a one-to-one with, with Marin and he sort of opens up and tells the story that in that time before they showed up, he kidnapped his dad, took him to like a, <laughs> like a ranch or something that was deserted. And he left him there for the three days he was being held at the police station. And then once he was done, he went there and ate him uh, <laughs> and said it felt incredible. And I, like, again, if we're talking about all this being a, a metaphor for sexual desire and um, coming of age, this is very Freudian that he ate his oh, own sure. father <laughs> and said it felt fantastic. Like, that is something mm-hmm. very. Yeah, well, yeah, Freudian. I can't think of another yeah. way of saying it. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, that, I mean, this stuff uh, was all very good, interesting. Uh, and then, yeah, like, at, like at this point, he's, like, he's, he's like, living in the woods, like, kind of, like, on the outskirts of town, which, like, um, again, it's just interesting, like, yeah, if you want to put it with, like, you know... <clears throat> the rest of like the metaphors we've kind of been talking about like if you're you know like the one person like in like a small town or something and then you get kind of outed at, as being something different like it yeah it makes it like really hard to you know live that you know uh live with some of those people oh, and stuff uh, and that reminds me the first time we meet the little sister when she gets upset that he's leaving again uh mm-hmm. She says that the shirt he's wearing makes him look gay, although she said it in a much nastier way. I'm just not repeating yeah. it. Uh, but again, that idea, yeah, of him being different mm-hmm. and being an outcast. Um, and at the very least, he is very comfortable with, with sexually engaging because he does that with the victim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's true. He was a man. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I, I think that thematic sort of message is there throughout and it's there to make you mm-hmm. think and sort of consider like you know just it's, it's just kind of thought provoking i guess it's just to make you think about mm-hmm. the, the way you treat people for having sexual desires and again if, if i'm being more specific to treating gay sexual desires even mm-hmm. though the actual you know the main couple in this movie obviously are, are, are male and female they're not mm-hmm. you know a gay couple but i couldn't help but see a lot of parallels and a lot of the other things that are around them that makes it feel like this is an analogy mm. for being gay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
Anyway, so the last chunk of the movie is basically they decide to get a regular couple of jobs and live in an apartment, and they seem to be... It, it almost feels like... like Not necessarily that the movie says specifically that the hunger is gone, but there is almost an implication that because they've found happiness in each other and they've opened up and admitted everything to each other, all their backstories, that maybe they won't have that hunger anymore because they're together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe they can just live normal lives because they make that choice to do that. Um, But of course, one day she comes home and Sully's bag with the hair is like sitting Mm -hmm. there and Sully jumps out and he's in his underwear with his vest uh, and he holds, pins her down to the bed and he's very upset about how she treated him, uh, about the fact that she's with Lee. He's holding a knife to her throat and she's trying to talk him down she's trying to speak softly to him and stay calm and it really does sound like like you know like a sexual victim trying to like talk down their attacker and trying but you know it feels like yeah he's going to eat her like he wants to eat her like he's he's had this desire that he's this built up yeah like a pervert like like even a pedophile like like he's had this thing like in his head that he wants to do and he's he's building and building up to it uh and ultimately it's uh you know it's lee coming in and finding this and then try to like suffocate him he puts a bag over his head over Mm -hmm. sully's head and sully stabs lee once in the shoulder or just under the shoulder it may actually be in the heart that i'm thinking about it because he is dying Mm -hmm. from it afterwards but they do they're they're able to you know marin stabs sully multiple times they take him to the bathtub in this idyllic (laughs) apartment this normal life that they've built is just covered in blood (laughs) um mm. and whatever else uh also was there an implication here that he killed uh the sister the sister yeah i think he looks at the hair yeah. and he sees something in the hair rope that looks like yeah. his sister's hair yeah i think there was like she kind of had i think it was like a little braid or, or something in yeah. her hair and then um maybe a bow yeah, or something see, yeah and you see it in the bag um man this like this whole final scene is just so like um, I, I think the scene is great and, uh, but it is also like really upsetting and depressing to watch. Like mm. it, it does feel very like, yeah, visceral. And like, there is like a re a realness to it that was very unnerving to watch. Like you were kind of saying like the way a, you know, like a victim, like might try to talk to their attacker to try to calm them down. Like you can tell, you know, she's obviously like very smart like, so she's not, you know, um like trying to antagonize him or something but like yeah she's kind of using like this you know very like pleasing uh you know affirming like uh uh you know affirmative language like to him you know to try to you know make him feel like uh like oh yeah like you know you're right uh and i was wrong and uh, i should have been nicer to you and you know maybe we can still like you know do something here and it's like very upsetting because you know he's obviously like this uh, abusing piece of shit that's like on top of her but yeah you know she has to uh, appease him and uh, i mean that that's just very upsetting and then like yeah like realizing the hair like in his sister who like you know, is, just has nothing to do with this at, at all uh is like really depressing and then like um yeah the, the, like you're saying the way they you know conquer him also just feels like this like uh like you know they're like you know choking him to death like with this bag and again just the the way it's like shot and directed it's like it's making you like watch every second of it 
which uh again it's beautifully done and it works like so well for a horror movie but man it is like uh <laughs> yeah there's like something very upsetting uh about watching it even though it is like you know very well done and it's been a while since we've seen anything violent in the movie at this point so it really yeah. you know all of it hits really hard and it feels like it's trying to stay grounded in how it just shows you everything so it mm-hmm. feels very brutal and then the end of the movie is is lee basically just with these dying words begging marin to eat him <laughs> he says i want you to eat me eat me she kisses him and then she goes to eat and that's you know kind of you know it goes to like a sort of ideal shot of them sitting on the picnic blanket uh, from earlier in the movie <laughs> hugging and that's the final shot of the movie but the, the story ends with her killing or eating him well, she doesn't kill him obviously he's already dying but yeah you know, uh it's consensual <laughs> she's having a consensual <laughs> nibble um <laughs> that, yeah it's interesting that you know this this monster that she encountered followed her throughout the movie and ultimately ruined um like <laughs> you know what life she, tr- she was trying to build you know, she was trying to build this normal <laughs> life by the end and it was taken away by something that she encountered at the start of her journey I think that's really interesting. Um, j- just this idea that, you know, mistakes can come back and haunt you. It's not even like a mistake she mm. made necessarily. You know, this this guy came to see her, but mm. it started this chain of events that's led to this. I, yeah. you know, if I have a critique, like I said, like I think this final, like them living a normal life and like the build up to Sully showing up could have maybe had a, a little bit more time here. You know, it, sure, al- yeah. it almost feels like there's a montage of them just living a normal life and then Sully's mm-hmm. there and that's kind of it. It does feel like maybe just a little bit more uh, there would have just just made it feel as natural and as steadily paced as the rest of the film. It felt like it maybe rushed just a little bit hmm. towards the end. But it's a fairly yeah. minor complaint in the grand scheme of, like, the movie. And, sure. You know. and, uh, yeah, it's very seldom that yeah, I'll advocate for a movie actually being longer, but um, I, I, it is surprising that, you know, for how long this movie is, which, yeah, I mean, I guess two-hour movies are kind of like a norm now with, with like, a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, I never really felt the length uh, of this movie, which I, I was really re- relieved about because, um, yeah, like, there's nothing worse than, like, if a movie is, like, bad and boring and long and like also really long it's just like kind of torturous to watch but it's, it's very well paced that's the, that's yeah. the key to it it just and i think it's because some of the scenes are very long because it's drawing out the tension mm. in the scenes but because you're so entertaining and engrossed you, you're not you don't mind that the scenes are long and then by the time you've got through mm. the long you know scene in the house with sully where they're doing the eating and all the build-up to it mm-hmm. by the time that's done you've passed like 15 minutes of runtime almost and you're like oh yeah that's a big chunk of the movie done and off we go to the next thing it's just interesting, yeah, to, like, it just kind of goes and show you, like, just, you know, how, you know, like, someone that's, like, you know, really talented at, at like, filmmaking can, you know, do so much with this. And then, yeah, like, it, it just goes such a long way, like you are saying, like, to be shot on film and just, like, have this, like, look and stuff to it. Whereas, yeah, it might be a little harder to watch if it was, like, you know, uh, digital and didn't look as good and you had, like, people that you know weren't really nailing the performances as much but uh yeah when you're like in the hands of like a really capable filmmaker and actors and stuff like this like even yeah scenes that maybe aren't as exciting like you know they, they it does like suck you in and you know you don't really notice it yeah it's such an authentic feeling period piece it feels like it was made in like the early 80s or something 
mm-hmm. and it does that without throwing references every five minutes. The only oh, yeah. <laughs> the only real reference I can think of is that he likes Kiss. You know, there's one scene where right, he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's excited yeah. to get a Kiss uh, vinyl mm-hmm. that he wants to play, mm-hmm. and that is it. That is the only pop culture reference I can even think of from the whole movie. And yeah. you know th- that feels natural enough because if he's going to put on music, you have to pick movie of the time period or music of the time period. So yeah. that makes sense, but like it just lo- it just instantly looked of a time period. And mm. there's so many movies that to try and sell the time period, I'll be like, oh, this reference, this thing, and then that thing, and then this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll we'll mention fifty things, but it'll all look, it'll just all look like a modern it's, movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a Halloween night. Are you wearing your Beetlejuice costume? And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that that aspect of it's really well done. The ending, like, I'm still thinking about, and I don't even really know, like, going with all the themes and metaphors that we've been going through as we talk about the movie, like, I'm not entirely sure what the ending represents necessarily. Mm. Uh, you know, I still don't know, and I, but it's still sticking with me. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about, yeah. you know, what, what Sully's showing up, ruining this life that she's built, and then mm. her eating the person she loves because, you know, he mm. asked her to, like, how that kind of fits into all these themes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I, I, you know, I, like maybe, maybe this is the, like the final time she'll eat because this is her finally satisfying that and moving into being a normal person, uh, or maybe not. I, I, I don't know. Um, s- certainly the way that Sully keeps like following them made me think a little bit mm-hmm. of it follows and the idea that once you mm-hmm. unleash that monster, it's always going to sort of be like part of who you are. Maybe that's kind yeah. of into similar territory. I, I don't know, but. The fact that, it, you know, it makes me think these things, though, because it does feel very rich, and, you know, I, I enjoyed that about it. On top of it, just looking very good. Yeah, uh, so now, I, I think I know the answer to, the, to this question, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ask it anyway, but um, was there any part of you that felt like you needed to know more about, like, what exactly these are? Like, yeah, why do they crave this meat? Like, do they... Is it some type of like supernatural thing, or like do they have any other like powers or anything? Because obviously, <laughs> like, I mean, it, like in a way, like you know, being able to smell each other and stuff, like you know, it's kind of it's, a yeah. thing. It's a <laughs> bit like of... you know, I feel like just I don't know. I mean, I, I guess maybe if you really needed to like eat someone's flesh and bones, I feel like uh, most human bodies aren't uh, equipped for that. But I mean, I guess I don't. Know, I guess you can if you really need to. But I, I don't know. Did you did, at any point did you want any more explanation as, as to exactly like what this was or, or whatever? I don't think I ever wanted more necessarily. I, mm-hmm. I like I, I think the movie does a good job of just making it feel like this is just the world. This is just normal that mm-hmm. there's people like this who and it kisses the thing. It's not just that they're cannibals. Like it's easy to call it a cannibal movie because they're eating people, mm-hmm. but it does feel like no, no. This is a specific set of people who for some mm-hmm. reason they need to feed on this. In the same way that uh, a vampire needs to feed on blood, Yeah, they need to mm-hmm. feed on human meat. Like, you could easily turn this into a vampire movie. You would just change a few details. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I, I think I think there's almost like a slightly dreamlike quality to the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which just makes the absurd parts of it f- feel right. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very grounded in a lot of ways, but it's also very... It's, it's got a mood and a tone to it, which I think helps mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because I feel like the movie does like enough to give you the information that you need to know. Because uh, obviously, 
the point of the movie is not like to explain things and be like, oh yeah, like you know they uh, have this thing about them that makes them need to do this or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I was just curious. I, I'm sure there's probably people out there that are mad that like it doesn't very clearly probably. state like this is what's going on and stuff. But yeah, I, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think for especially for what the themes are, if it makes sense mm-hmm. that there isn't some explanation, it's just something natural that some people mm-hmm. just are. You know, it, it that just it works better for what the baby's talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I I I enjoyed it. Uh, so, I, I guess we're at the rains portion of the, the review time. If you would like to rate bones and all, um. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a a pretty easy one to rate because it's you know there's not it's a it's pretty damn good. There isn't there isn't much uh, to complain about. Like, uh, yeah, um, you know, you can say it a million times, but like really, you know, the I mean, there's a lot to commend about it, but just the the cinematography, the look uh, of it, just how well like director was is um, you know the really the the star of the show. One like you know, the, the best things about it, but, uh, I'm, I mean, at the, um, you know, core of it though, I had like, you know, a really good, like love story and good performances and, uh, you know, the characters were very engrossing. Uh, and you know, like I said, maybe like, you know, the, you know, since, we're, you know, uh, kind of looking at it, uh, you know, a little bit through the lens of being a horror movie. Um, yeah, you know, there was the, the I wouldn't mind if there's a few more horror stuff uh, in it, but I mean, there's like when they do, even though it's not like constant horror or whatever, but when they do do the horror parts, those are really well done. Um, I like, yeah, Sully is just so good at being just a, a creepy bastard. Uh, you know, <laughs> can't really complain a, about that much. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a solid eight. I think, um, you know, I, I had heard like, you know, people liked it and there, there's some good things about, it, which is, you know, um, why you know i was happy that we we're gonna check it out and do it but you know at the same time i was like eh, is this gonna be like too artsy is it gonna be like you know i, I know it's gonna be a slow burn but is it gonna be one that you're really gonna feel and um no i was i was very happy with uh you know how much uh, i was into it and um and uh yeah i watched it with my wife and, and she actually liked it quite a bit too which um you know these kind of movies aren't always her bag but like she ended up kind of like <laughs> getting like sucked into it uh as well so uh yeah thumbs up from uh our household <laughs> oh very good did the kids not watch it now they're too young yeah no they i, I let them watch the beginning but then uh <laughs> yeah it was getting a little late so <laughs> yeah although actually genuine question is wyatt because he's a couple of years old now is he starting to get mm-hmm. to the stage where you actually have to think about not watching certain because obviously when he's just a baby you can just you're not going to take any of it in. You can you can watch right. You can watch uh, Henry Port of a serial killer in front of him. He's not going to like well, take any of it in. But I mean, I I think I might have mentioned this on the show before. But like, yeah, when Wyatt was born, um, like I I was on nighttime duty, so like he would uh, Gemma wasn't as bad, but like yeah, with him he would be up like all random hours of the night. So like I would basically just like kind of be holding him on the couch at like two in the morning. And I would just like watch like whatever weirdest crap on Shutter <laughs> I could find, um, like you know like the weird like uh, you know like Swedish movies on there <laughs> like uh, so yeah like definitely as a baby he was exposed to a lot of that stuff but like you said like yeah they're not taking any of it in or whatever um, 
so i mean we have very like strict well not really strict actually uh but like you know we monitor like you know what he watches um on like you know for screen time and stuff and so mm. like you know like, like before we had kids you know we were definitely a household that you know you basically just have the tv on all, all the time where it's like yeah sometimes you're watching stuff and sometimes you just put like an old sitcom or whatever on in the background and like while you're doing the dishes and stuff but uh we're not really like that anymore because yeah because of the kids like so we, we have like when they're awake you know we have like specific times where we'll watch stuff um but we don't have to really worry about it because he's you know mostly um just wants to watch like the same two or three things over again. I've watched so much goddamn Thomas, uh, and now his Wait, uh, the tank engine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just, just clarify. Yeah, uh, and uh, and he he's really into like uh, cars, uh, like the Disney Pixar cars stuff, which like they have like on Disney Plus they have like cars shorts and stuff that he'll always uh, want to watch like a lot of that so he mostly only wants to watch like stuff about like trucks or trains or planes or, or whatever but um so yeah we don't really have to worry about that much stuff yet every now and again like sometimes like we'll watch a show that he likes uh that he'll think is spooky like you know they'll, they'll have like a halloween episode or, or whatever mm-hmm. uh actually there's like a cars on the road episode that's like a kind of a uh parodying the shining uh so sometimes he's like too spooky <laughs> like like we'll turn it off but um yeah uh it, it's interesting like Wyatt at least is like very interested in some horror stuff which is probably just because i i buy a lot of horror stuff so like mm. you know like we buy tons of kids books but obviously the ones i lean towards are like ooh, like ghost train cool <laughs> or like oh like you know the the witch's halloween <laughs> so uh, but he, he seems generally like to like those and be interested in them, but I don't know if it's just because <laughs> I'm forcing it on him or whatever. Uh, we'll see how much of a horror hound he grows up to. He... He'll rebel. When he gets to like 12, yeah. he's going to be like, you know what? <laughs> no, I like My Little Pony because I've had this horror crap shoved down my door <laughs> since I was a baby. It's time to rebel against my tyrannical father. Uh <laughs> Anyway, my rating of uh, Bones and All, uh, 8.5 for me. I, I think it's really strong. I think I was constantly engrossed by what the movie was doing. Um, I remembered feeling quite positive about the Suspiria remake, although I have forgotten a lot of it, so maybe you know it didn't stick with me the way that I maybe thought it would. Uh, yeah, same. I remember liking it, but it's one of those ones where like I have really no desire to like want to revisit mm. it. Yeah, I think this one will stick with me a little bit better. Uh, but you know time will tell I suppose but uh, no really good stuff everything that's we've said uh, you know it's really good so there you go that is the that is the review uh, this has been Screams After Midnight and you can of course get bonus content and support the show over at patreon.com slash TV uh, and obviously check out our other shows like The Collector's Cut or the Atomic Cinema Experiment uh, for other movie reviews of the mm-hmm you know, non-horror variety. <laughs> that is... That is Ooh, the show. horror movies. <laughs> that is the show. Well, Tim, if you could do, like, I don't know, four episodes a week, maybe maybe I could quit the other ones, but <laughs> as it is, you cannot. So, you'll have to accept. Someday. <laughs>
You'll have to accept. So yeah, when we're retired, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, retirement home somewhere. Uh, all right, that is that is everything though. Thank you very much for joining us, everyone. Mm. Uh, we're keeping the the Octoberthon train going uh, throughout the month of October. Uh, so let us know what you think of this movie in the comments, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, and join the Discord. Let us know what horror movies you're watching, and maybe on, maybe on the Discord you have like a specific uh, Octoberthon uh, chat or something. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the horror chat would suffice for that, but you just don't, you just don't get it. <laughs> what is it, what is there going to be non-Octoberthon horror <laughs> chat for the month of October that has to be kept separate? Well, maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe next year we mix things up and we do an Octoberthon in March or something. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, but if we do that, I still only expect one in October. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like those freaks. They'll, they'll just be like, "Oh, cool! We get a bonus, like you know, half Octoberthon, like halfway between <laughs> Octobers." Uh, they are greedy, aren't they? Uh, um, oh well. But uh, if anyone does remember the name of that video game I'm thinking of, where you throw bones, please let me know. <laughs> I know it's not Sonic, but I can't think of <laughs> it's not what Sonic. it is. Yes, it's not Sonic. It's also not Super Mario Brothers, and it's not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Tetris. Um, <laughs> that, anyway, that is the show, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I will see you all soon, as will Tim. Joining you? <laughs> what about us? Us. Well, join us. I like, I'm, I'm trying to end the show. You've thrown me off with your stupid bone nonsense, Tim. Tim, you can talk about your bones. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep watching the scary movies, everyone. We'll see you next time.